Welcome to the Tanakh podcast, and it's with great excitement and a little trepidation that we begin Sefer Yirmiyahu. And uh, what a Sefer it is, Jeremiah, the prophet of the Chorban. Jeremiah was a prophet for 40 years, leading up to the destruction of the temple. And he prophesied through the periods of many, many kings, King Yoshiahu, Yehoiakim, Tzidkiahu, and even afterwards till the assassination of Gedaliah and beyond. And I hope if that's all slightly confusing for you, we're going to slowly develop as we go through the Sefer our understanding of these periods. Jeremiah Yirmiyahu is frequently seen as a prophet of wrath. Um, but if I may quote from the fabulous article by Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel in his book, The Prophets, he says, it would be more significant to say that Jeremiah lived in an age of wrath. Jeremiah was a soul in pain, stern with gloom. To his wistful eye, the city's walls seemed to reel. The days that were to come would be dreadful. He called, he urged his people to repent, and he failed. He screamed, wept, and moaned, and was left with a terror in his soul. To Jeremiah, his time was an emergency, one instant away from cataclysmic events. End of quote. So these are the painful times that we are about to see through Sefer Yirmiyahu, and I'd like to focus on three aspects of chapter one of Yirmiyahu. So let's start. The first is that Yirmiyahu is called by God, and like so many before him, we find him a reluctant prophet. God tells him, I knew you even before you were created in the womb. I sanctified you even before you were born. I have made you into a prophet to the nations. And Yirmiyahu protests. He says, <laughs> I can't even speak. I, I, I'm a young person. And God says, Don't say you're young. Don't say you're inexperienced. Don't say you can't. Wherever I send you, you will go. And you will speak to whatever I command you. Don't be afraid for them. Because I am with you. And suddenly he sends forth his hand, touches his mouth and says, I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah, like so many, like uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, um, like Yeshayahu also says, I am of impure lips. So many reluctant prophets, whether it's uh, Eliyahu who doesn't want to go on, whether it's Yonah who doesn't want to go on, um, here we find the hand of God imposing itself on Yirmiyahu. Yirmiyahu is going to say the most unpopular things. He's going to advocate for um, the nation giving up its independence and capitulating to the Babylonians. And so therefore, and he's going to have to castigate and foretell doom and destruction. And this is going to be very unpopular. So the first point is, this classic image of the Jewish prophet who is the reluctant prophet 
but eventually speaks with the word of God. The second thing I'd like to say is that when he is given his role, he is told that it's going to be, and he's here we have six phrases, lintosh v'lintots l'ha'avid v'laharos, livnot v'lintoa, to smash and to break, to destroy and to pummel. And those are four phrases which are completely devastating. But then, livnot, to rebuild, v'lintoa, and to plant. Yirmiyahu is not all gloom and doom. Yirmiyahu doesn't hate the people, he loves the people. And we're going to see elements of consolation. Already in the beginning of chapter 2, we have um, Zacharti lachesen uraich ahavat klulotaich lechtecha charai bamidbar beretz lo God's honeymoon with the Jewish people. And behind all of the rebuke is love. Behind all of the um, portending of catastrophe is the idea of um, is the idea of rebuilding, is the idea of consolation. And now to the last point for today. At the center of this chapter are two images, two visual dis- depictions. The first, God says to him, Mataroyahu, what do you see? And he says, I see a almond branch, Makel Shaked. And he says, you see very, very clearly, well done. Things are going to happen very fast. We all know the almond is the first tree to show its flowers. And what he's saying is history is going to speed up. You're not going to have time to be able to dither or the time is now. There is an urgency. And the second is that he sees a bubbling pot, a sir nafuach. I wonder whether we have uh, Shakespeare's bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. And he says this bubbling pot, it's it's coming from the north, or panav, mipnei tzafona. And the message of mitzafon tipatachara'a. This image of this bubbling pot, a pot of boiling water, about to explode and to overflow, um, burning everything in its wake. And uh, the, the, from the north, the trouble, the destruction will come. And he, he warns that the, the armies of the north are going to come and they're all going to park their chairs opposite the gates of Jerusalem and, um, and destroy it. The reason why I dwell on this is because I think this gives us a window into the way prophecy works. The Rambam in Hilchot Yesodei HaTorah tells us that whereas Moshe Rabbeinu got verbal dictation, he actually received the words of the Torah, which is why we are able to derive and to um, turn every sort sort of aspect of the words of the Torah and to deduce from it different halachot and different inferences, that in the world of the prophet, the prophet would sort of get a, would have a dream. He would have an image, he'd have a vision. He'd see something visually, and then he'd have to sort of decode it. He'd have to put it into words. The words would be his own. They wouldn't be God's words. The images would be God's. But the prophet has to then interpret 
and then turned to the people in his own words and says, Ko Amar Hashem, this is what God is saying to you. Sometimes, says the Rambam, the prophet gives us the visual. He gives us the actual visual image, like the, the flowering almond branch here, or like the boiling pot. At other times, he just gives us the message. Sometimes he gives us the image and the message. Sometimes, you know, only one or the other. So I think here we, we're we watching as Yirmiyahu gains his first steps in prophecy. And I love the way that God shows his, 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 him an image and then says, what do you see? And this is something that we're going to see later on in the prophet Zechariah and others where the God actually is almost like uh, coaching, mentoring the prophets and saying, I'm showing you images, but are you are you going to read them right? <laughs> and then when he does, he says, hey, tough till he wrote. Well done. You did a great job uh, giving him the confidence in order to learn and take his first steps in the world of prophecy. OK, next time, chapter two, which is quite a hefty chapter, both in its length and also in terms of its importance. We'll deal with that. Please God, next time. Lehitraot. <laughs>